Welcome back to another edition of the Edge Podcast. Managing Editor Brendan Slaughter joined, as always, by recruiting analyst Jared Hallis. And this week, drumroll please, we are joined by Beaver's Edge subscriber, OSU Beef. Beef, thanks for joining us, my man. How is life treating you these days? You betcha. Yeah, I mean, life's as, uh, as good as it can be, considering uh, the crazy times we're living in. Um, trying to get my head wrapped around a, a fall without football. It's the first time in probably 20, 21 years. And, you know, I haven't been all geared up to go down to Corvallis for all the home games. And uh, it's just it's it's such a different place to be mentally, but, uh, but doing pretty well. How are you guys? Doing good, you know, like about the same as you, you know, it's uh, it's definitely odd, you know, for me, I've, uh, you know, been working for Beaver's Edge for many years now. And this is the first that I've had in a long time where, you know, August has not been, you know, fall camp, you know, just daily practice reports and being there in the grind of it. So, you know, that's a little weird, not ramping up to that. But then again, nothing's really felt normal in 2020. Am I right, Jared? Oh, you're absolutely right. I'm in the same – I think we're all in the same boat. Everybody on the damn board and everybody on all rival sides uh, across the country who's having to, to go through the, the cancellations and the postponements and whatnot, I think we're all kind of in the same same boats. It's uh, it's it's obviously right now it's it's hitting us still pretty hard, and I, I think the worst is yet to come, man. I think especially like if, uh, if the ACC and SEC and, and uh, some other conferences decide to play, then it's really going to hit us when we – or watching them play, knowing that, you know, you won't be able to see a Beaver kickoff later on that day. Well, that'll be really interesting to see. You know, I, I could, I could anticipate that that they might choose to do that, and within a few weeks they have, you know, major outbreaking cases, and then, you know, that comes back to bite them. And it, that that probably isn't real good optics for them if if they just, you know, put money over players' health and they have a situation like that. Yeah, so, certainly that's a that's a good perspective, Beef. Just you know, I think it's simply you know um, right or wrong. You know, as you kind of look at the, the economics of it, and I think we're kind of seeing that at least the Pac-12 and Big Ten, you know, on paper, you know, they have options and you know can fiscally survive not having a football season. And then you're seeing some of those conferences, as you mentioned, you're the ACC, the Big Twelve and uh, the ACC that are just so economically tied into a football season and football fall success and the revenues that come around with it, that uh, it really is uh, that catch-22 because, you know, as I said in our mailbag this week, I get the perspective of trying to, to want to play, but at the same token, you know, it's, it's a hard decision to cancel football. That's not a positive decision. That's a tough decision. Choosing to you know, continue through a college football season with, you know, numerous number of COVID tests, you know, that wasn't something the Pac-12 was interested in. And, you know, I mean, it really has come down to individual conference leaders. And, you know, that's just kind of the reality of where our situation is right now. Yeah, I do wonder if it was a, a decision, you know, to, to this point made and that was driven by pure financial uh I guess impacts. I do wonder if if that would be the case. I mean, it's pretty interesting to think about. And and Brendan made a good point in the mailbag, like he mentioned. Um, you know, playing it playing it safe is never the wrong way to go. And one one life lost is one too many in this case. Um, so it's it's definitely, you know, while it is incredibly tough, you cannot blame either one of the conferences that have decided to to go ahead and and push things off uh, for making that decision. You just can't. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame them. At the same time, like, you know, it could be that the the conferences back east are deferring the decision until they have to make it. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what that point of no return is. I guess you have to consider the fans. Well, if there was already a call that there was going to be no fans in the game, then I'm not sure what the advantage is of making that decision, you know, in early August as opposed to, you know, deferring it, let the players continue to practice and until you get more data. But then again, at this point, we probably have enough data to know that the virus is not going to be under control by September. You know, so it's it's 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the what the calculus is for, you know, the SEC and those other conferences. Certainly, and you know, just kind of the the uh, the optics just of of canceling football. It obviously, or rather, postponing until you know January 1st as of now. It, it's right. it's something we've never seen. I mean, you go back to you know the last time that you know football wasn't played was you know during the World War II times. I mean, it's something that we haven't seen in our lifetime. And and you know you go back to um, just the the nature of it. And you know while it's it's tough to you know still sit on this news and so on and so forth. I've been impressed with the communication. Granted, it hasn't been a ton from Oregon State since the news, but what we have seen from, you know, um, coaches being on social media or so on and so forth, the, the energy has still been positive. You know, Jonathan Smith has still been on, um, you know, on that recruiting trail hard. We've seen the assistant coaches on there as well. The message hasn't stopped. And, you know, even some of the player interviews that we've seen around, you know, guys are still bought in. And I think that really, you know, having a, a steady and guiding hand like Jonathan Smith is really key for this program right now. Right. That's the, I mean, that's the only way, in my opinion, that you can go about it. You can't, you can't, it's the same with anything else in life. And I've said it before on the board, I, Brendan, you and I said it, uh, you know, as soon as the news broke, you got to, uh, you got to control what you can control. And obviously this was out of the hands of most people. But when, when you get news like that, the only thing you can do is find any positive that you can and, uh, not only focus on that, but uh, just continue to keep your head up and trust that you know the people yeah, who I mean, are in charge of making the decisions are are. It's just kind of a matter of, of of doing the best possible thing you can for the situation. You know, it, you, know you can sit there and stew about it, but that's not going to help you make progress. It's like dropping a grounder in the infield. All you can do is pick it up and you know throw it to first or whatever. You can't you can't uh, lament it at that moment. So. It's maybe a goofy analogy, but I, I can appreciate no. that. No, it's no, it's, what he well, it's like, it's almost kind of like, and, and I'm curious to kind of get your guys' perspective on this. I almost feel like, you know, since this, you know, since this kind of, you know, coronavirus world, you know, came to be, you know, in March and kind of what we've seen can thrive and not thrive without it. I'm almost wondering if maybe, you know, sports as a whole kind of got this, this fool's gold approach to restarting sports when they saw how successful the, you know, MLS was that the NBA was that, you know, as we're starting to see the NFL is putting together. And my thought to that is, I think just my perspective that those schools or whatever may have seen, you know, Hey, you know, in July, when, you know, MLS was playing very beginning of July down in Florida, hey, you know, sports are possible. But I think there's almost just kind of a, a sense of the amount of money that all those sports, I mean, the NFL is pumping so much money into their testing, daily testing, this, this, and that, so they can make it there. The NBA, you know, partnered with, you know, some of the saliva tests that we're going to start seeing in uh, mainstream public. And you know, the NHL obviously had two separate bubbles and, Canada, but I just, I, I think, you know, the pro sports were able to get back because there was so much money behind it and because they were, you know, almost destined not to fail. But when you talk, start talking about all these individual colleges, you know, regardless of power five or not across the country, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, you look at like, can any school do what these major pros are doing, which is testing every single day and getting those results immediately. And with that answer being no for just about every single school, you know, that's where I think that decision, at least in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, kind of reality kind of struck a little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just not, it's just really, it's just not possible. And we've talked about it a couple times now, even on here and on the board as well, like with the whole bubble situation and, and just adding on to what you just said, uh, you know, it's not it's not possible for for colleges because the pro players at the end of the day, if they're in a bubble or, or even if they were to just continue as normal, they have to go to practice, go to the games and they can go home. These college kids, they have to go to class uh, and, you know, go to practice and walk through campus and pass a ton of people 
And what that involves is touching a lot of the same doors, you know, coming face to face with a lot of people. It's just not, it's not really possible to completely contain these kids in, in that manner. Right. Yep. Agreed. No, that's a great point. And, you know, it's, it, it's tough because, you know, as you look at kind of colleges, I mean, with what we know now and, you know, you were starting to see across the nation that, you know, unfortunately, you know, 18 to 22 year old college kids don't always make the best decisions. And that's why we're seeing, you know, potential outbreaks at the schools across the country that, you know, have decided to have in-person classes. And I go back, I think without kind of making campuses be that kind of mostly digital and then have your football players or student athletes on campus and kind of creating that semi-bubble atmosphere where they maybe don't interact with the student populace as much. I think that would have been an entertaining theory to kind of expose, but Jared, you're, you're right on point. I mean, it's college, you know, you've been there, I've been there, beef, you've been there. You're talking to, you know, hundreds, you're interacting with just right. hundreds of people throughout the day, just whether or not you know them or not inches at times. Exactly. And you can't, you're not going to convince all these kids I mean, even if a mask is required, they can wear a mask. But at the end of the day, no one's not everybody's going to walk in there wearing gloves. Everybody's got to mm-hmm. sanitize the doors after they open them. You know, it's just it's not you cannot guarantee that these people will be safe in the same way you can with the professional players. But I mean, I just I, I, mean, I, I think. Brendan, I think you will agree with me on this uh, just to kind of get it to more of a, a lighter side. You know, we kind of jumped off the bat talking about some things. We've got one of the most well-renowned Beavers Ed subscribers on this podcast. And I think everybody's kind of interested to know more about him. What do you think? Yeah, I want to hear it, uh, Beef. Let's just kind of start with you, your Oregon State fandom, and just kind of your experience with Oregon State, uh, your experience with Edge, and just kind of being the Beavers Edge, one of the message board czars. I mean, you're, you're – uh, you're kind of in an elite territory a little bit. <laughs> I appreciate that. I mean, a little flattered, but I'll, I'll, uh, I kind of walk you through that. I, uh, you know, I actually, I did a couple of years at Portland state and not everybody knows that. I, uh, just, uh, for whatever reason, I, my best friend was going there. I, I kind of just hadn't really put a lot of thought into it. I did a couple of years there and then transferred to OSU in 1993. I uh, did three years there. Um, and let's just say as soon as I got to Corvallis, like everything just kind of started clicking, you know, like it was the place I was supposed to be the whole time. And uh, <clears throat> I really wish I would have done all five there, but that's, you know, that's built. No. So um, yeah. Uh, Went, went down to Oregon State, um, ended up joining a fraternity, and uh, just had a hell of a time there. And uh, really, like, all my closest friends, uh, for the most part, are, are OS, you know, from OSU. That's really where I kind of grew into the person that I eventually became. And just, I, and I think that's probably why Corvallis itself has such a, a special place in, you know, in my heart. And it's kind of just you know, where my soul lives in a way, you know, like I just, I really just exp- had so much life happen to me there. Um, that's where my son was born, you know, I just I had a lot thrown at me all at once and really just kind of, uh, you know, grew into myself there. And, and along the way, you know, uh, obviously became a big OSU fan. And it's really not just football or baseball. It, it's all things Oregon State and not just sports. Like I love the school. I love the place. I am proud to, to be an alumnus at, of OSU. You know, it's just, it just gets in you. I, I just think there's certain schools where just being an alum, having gone there, just gets in you. And I notice it with a lot of Cougs fans too. And I think, you know, there's just school pride. You know, when I think when you're at an actual college town and you're just surrounded by people that are all, you know, of the same mindset, kind of confined in some ways. It's just different. You know, my son, I hate to admit this, but, you know, he's a Husky. He went to UW. And uh, it's just, it's different. He's not connected to UW, really. And um, he doesn't really, he doesn't really have that same level of pride. 
Maybe it's because he was born in Corvallis and deep down inside he's a beef and just went to UW. I don't know. I like to think of it that way. Um, but it, but it's just different. And um, so yeah, I graduated in '96. Uh, I spent a little time in Portland, mostly uh, looking for a job and working on a freight dock, uh, and then uh, hooked on with the Boeing company and moved up to Seattle. January of 97, and I have been up here ever since. Um, been at Boeing most, almost the whole time. I've had a few stints of doing some other things, but um, yeah, just been kind of in a few different organizations. But for the last maybe 10 or 11 years, I've worked in a group called Flight Crew Operations. So, yeah, it's technically an engineering job, but really all we do is kind of, uh, we're kind of the design arm of the pilots. So, a lot of human factors and integration of avionics, anything that a pilot can look at and touch and turn. Like we're we're uh, in charge of designing how that's supposed to function, uh, and it's been a it's been a pretty interesting uh, job. Um, along the way, let's see, I met my wife in 2006. We've been married for 13 years now. We got two little kids, uh, two two daughters. One just turned 10, and the other one. Uh, that will be 12 in November. And uh, but that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of my bio in a nutshell. And, you uh, gave it pretty well. You gave, you gave it to yeah, us. Yeah, a lot to unpack, certainly. Beef, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of back you up. Uh, you said, okay. you know, your time your time in Corvallis was, you know, really special. And, you know, I, I, I can say I feel that, you know, being there for five years and, you know, being out of it now for a couple and being, you know, back in the Portland proper area. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's something really special to what Corvallis is in terms of, you know, growing into yourself as a young adult. And I think just the people in the university um, are special, you know, like you said, beyond just sports, but academically. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely something I won't forget. So, I mean, it's kind of something that we reoccurringly hear amongst Oregon State alumnus um not to you know kick jared into a corner or nothing over there <laughs> but uh yeah no it's it's a it's a cool deal and it's really cool to hear you you know speak so highly of it even all these uh years later just that lasting impact that it had on you uh seems well, pretty special you know, one thing that's one thing brendan i'm i'm surprised you know when i go down there i'm kind of walking through campus i'm i don't think i knew at the time that i would be so connected to the place you know, all these years later, like, just, I, I'm, I don't know if it's just, maybe I'm kind of a reminiscent or type of person, but like around every corner, you know, like there's a memory and I just, when I'm there, I'm just happier. And I just, I'm, I didn't realize I would still spend so much time there, you know, in my mid forties. And, uh, it's interesting because a lot of my friends, two of them have just bought houses there, like rentals, and I'm kind of on the hunt. And a lot of us, talk about moving back there eventually like it's just like i said it just gets in you and i just uh, I, I don't know it's, it's just such a great place to be um yeah and i could go on and on yeah you talked about uh like how it, it kind of made you who you were and uh mm-hmm. i mean we even asked you before we got on do you want us to call us by your name or do you want us to call you by beef you said nobody calls me by my name so beef is who you are. Tell us how that name came about. It kind of just uh, who who beef is. I, I wish it was a more interesting story. I, you know, <laughs> I was a uh, uh, back in when I was in fifth grade. Those uh, Wendy's commercials were pretty popular. Where's the beef? And and I was kind of a chubby fifth grader. And yeah, you know, was one kid started calling me that, and uh, it, it started growing, started catching on. And you know, I, at first it was kind of a taunt, really. And I, I didn't love it, uh, but then I started realizing I'm kind of getting a lot of mileage out of this. I get into like middle <laughs> school and like these older people who shouldn't even know who I am, like, "Hey, beef, what's up?" You know, and yeah, okay, you know. And then eventually, I I started you know lifting weights and running and just kind of you know changing my body, you know, and and it, it sort of changed the nature of the name, even you know, like it, it's like okay, I, I can roll with it now, and you know, I don't feel like no anybody's making fun of me because I don't. Now I'm just, I've, I've changed my composition, but I can still rock the name. This is cool now, you know? So, and the other thing is my, my first name, which is Eric, it really doesn't fit me. 
you know? And so <laughs> it just, I don't call myself that, you know, like if I'm talking to myself in the third person, which happens sometimes, it's come on, Greaves, you got this. You know, it's like, that's what I call myself. So it just, and, it just, you know, is. what, what, when I'm thinking of beef on the message boards, yeah, beef sounds a lot better. Am I right, Jared? Yeah, I mean, it would be it would be weird if there was somebody named Eric like to ask me like, <laughs> why the hell are you reporting on this or something like that? <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nah, no, I mean, I've been called, beef. I've been called beef by professors, and cops, wow. and my own parents, my ages. Everybody calls me that, so it'd be weird otherwise. My friend's kids call me Uncle Beef. That's even funnier. It's a great nickname. It really is. Yeah, but but yeah, it's cool to have uh, a nickname that sticks. You know. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, that's you know, a thirty-seven-year-old nickname at this point, and absolutely. I don't. You know, when I go somewhere new or meet new people, I don't introduce myself like that. It it usually just follows me from people who knew me previously um message board notwithstanding i mean that's a login name it's a little different but sure um, but in person yeah i mean i just i it just it just follows me even at you know osu it's somebody who knew me from high school or somebody who knew me from middle school like and and that just spreads so i tell you what i said from from the first day i can't even remember when i started working you know at rivals and working for mike it didn't take me very long to realize who OSU Beef was on the board. And I'm like, at this point, finally putting a, a voice to the name is uh, all these years later is uh, pretty cool. Jared, I, I know you've only been around for a little while, but Beef, Beef has been uh, been Beaver's edge in it for some time now. No, it was the same way for me. When I when I first joined, it, it didn't take long. It was uh, back in la- last April was when I joined and I, It was probably that same day. I opened I opened it up. My first post was some uh, some recruiting nuggets. Tried to come in as hot as possible, and uh, I, I'm pretty sure I remember a comment from Beef on there, at least on the on Mike's post where he was talking about, uh, you know, his new ventures and things like that. And uh, like you said, I quickly kind of got an idea for who like the the main posters were, and uh, who you know I was gonna be having to uh, communicate with frequently, uh, you know, <laughs> via the message board. So it was it, it was Beef was definitely one of the first, if not the first. And it was. Like you said, it's good to to put a voice to a name. Well, you know, it's a fun community. I, I think of of all the things, like it's the message board and the little community that that kind of has really drawn me in. You know, and honestly, when I first with the edge, I I was intending to sign up with the other guys. I think that they used to be rivals, right? And they switched to whatever. Correct. The, correct. Correct. Yeah. correct. And and I I went to school with the Machados, like. I, I know Eric and Angie, like that's, that's kind of what, what I was thinking. And, but then, you know, I, I, I quickly sort of, uh, embraced the, the edge community and it's like, eh, this is good. I'm just going to go with this, you know, it's a beautiful testimony. And, uh, I'll tell you. Yeah, no, I mean, in the, in the most like, you know, Oregon state way possible, you know, it's almost like everything's intertwined, you know, it's like, you know, as much mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, I, I don't want to speak to it. Uh, you know, uh, my uh, my younger brothers, uh, you know, played baseball with, uh, you know, Angie Machado's kids. And, you know, we both live in the same town of Sherwood, which is kind of an interesting little twist. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's almost like I said, it's Coke and Pepsi, right? We're both, we're all after Oregon State. We just aim to be better, aim to taste better. But, uh, <laughs> you know, with you, Beef, I just I kind of have to ask, like, how how important is you know the community of Beaver's Edge for you? Just kind of being able to you know log in and just kind of like let your thoughts go or jump on a uh, a more OT topic or anything else. Just how how important is Edge to you in that regard? I I mean I think that's the most important aspect. I can you know I can Google up news on OSU sports anytime I want. It's you know, it's getting perspectives, you know, from you two guys on your articles, uh, insider stuff, you know, that I can't get, you know, other places. Um, and, and then just the message board and, you know, just being able to to, to kind of hear the opinions of the other posters. And, you know, and I've gotten to know some of them, you know, that at tailgates and just various other, you know, 
conversations. And so, you know, to me, the, the personalities and, and the little community, because it, it is a little community. I mean, to me, that's that's the most important aspect of the website. Oh, certainly. And I think that's kind of, you know, as I, as I mentioned, like, you know, a week and a half, two weeks ago now, I think it's what it's been almost two weeks is, you know, that's, you know, it, it's certainly like, you know, I felt like, you know, just like my heart dropped, you know, when I saw that we weren't going to, you know, have football in the fall. And I right. was like, you know, just, man, like, just, you know, as far as, you know, me, I, I don't know, you know, it's like, it's, it's uncharted territory for me. And Jared, we even talked about it uh, last podcast, just for you and I not having, you know, our usual schedule in any way, shape or form. You know, yeah, when we all. first made when we made when we made our first podcast back in March, you and I were like, you know, it's going to be a little different, but we think we'll be good for football. I mean, if only we knew, you know, these months later that, you know, we'd go through these last six months. I think it's getting close to six months and, you know, life would be, you know, have no schedule, no regularity to it of sorts. And then now. We don't have a football season, you know, no fall camp, just all the regular things, you know, no set recruiting dates. And, you know, we'll kind of get into this a little bit just to kind of wrap it up. But, you know, I mean, the December yeah, signing period, the February signing period, do they even make sense anymore, Jared, with the way the right. calendars are shaken out? Uh, to be honest, I don't think it'll stick. It's a, it's a really, really slippery slope there for now to, to like predict anything for certain. Um, you know, you have to figure with, with a great deal of the country and, and I mean, California, that's one of the, the mm-hmm. most fertile recruiting grounds in the country. And obviously one of the bigger States as well with, with them making the call, uh, and, and almost leading the pack as well. They were, they were one of the yep. first, it's, uh, Certainly. It, it's, it definitely seems like something will change. I mean, obviously you're seeing things change for the, for the current players already with the announcements, uh, about eligibility and things like that. But as far as the recruits who, you know, 2021 class and, and heck, even 2020 and, and potentially 2022 as well, the, the structure will have to change. It just has to. Beef, I want to get your perspective on, you know, the news that we reported earlier this week about the blanket waiver and how basically, you know, this year, whether it's played or not, you know, whether they get to it in spring, whether some schools get to it in the fall, this year ultimately will not count in any way and then everyone what they would have entered this year will be next year just how do you kind of think that'll crystallize and come together in your opinion well off the top i mean from a legislative standpoint ncaa regulation standpoint that that makes perfect sense and just you know no no caveats just everybody gets a year i I think what the fallout is going to be is you know for athletes that were considering coming out before maybe uh, people entering their senior year, that it, that could change their decision. You know, um, in, in particular, if the NFL has a season and kind of stays on their normal track and, you know, college maybe doesn't get started in January, college football, that is, um, you know, players like, you know, Hamika Rashid, uh, even Jamar Jefferson, I mean, they could, oh, Ron was a true sophomore, right? So he wouldn't be able to come out necessarily. I, I don't know how that would work, but I just think you could see some defections. And uh, the other thing you could see is, you know, maybe players not being in the right uh, physical shape or headspace. I know that they're trying to do the right things there, but it's a long time to not play. It's a long time for everybody to not play football. Let's say if we if we don't have a season in January, but uh, but specific to the eligibility question, I think. You know, it's good for everybody. The main question is going to be who decides to go to the uh, go to the league after all with, with more time to think about it. I think that's a good perspective. And, you know, I think, you know, you know, um, when you think about this kind of blanket waiver and what's going to happen, you know, most people think right away to the most NFL, you know, eligible bound guys. But I'm curious how this affects redshirt seniors where the NFL wasn't maybe the end game or the goal, right? So there's a couple redshirt seniors on Oregon mm-hmm. State's roster that we were like, okay, you know, they could be, you know, they could factor in into this year, could be crucial pieces. But the reality is their, their college football career may stop after college. How interesting is it that they could not, you know, the team could or could not play this year 
and then they can come back on top of it in the 2021 season. That's a, I mean, you're talking guys that could be in college for like seven years, Beef. That ain't bad. So that'd be so awesome. <laughs> I mean, the college experience these days, I mean, it's a whole nother can of worms and something that uh, is unfortunate that, you know, the kind of quote unquote air quotes as I'm doing experience of college is very different right now as, you know, those in-person classes and, you know, packed lecture halls were uh, kind of a staple of it. And now it's like, will that ever be the case again? That, I have to think that that's going to come back eventually, though. I mean, I don't. I can't put a time frame on it, but um, I, I don't know that we can operate like this forever. So, you know, I'm pulling for a vaccine and yeah. a return to some kind of normalcy. Oh, certainly. And that's the thing is it's almost like, you know, there's just a we keep putting on band-aids, right? Different kinds of band-aids just to kind of get through this until we get some more, you know, concrete, you know, evidence and we can, you know, see what the potential effectiveness of vaccines are and whatnot. But uh yeah, I mean, I, I just I found this waiver to be very interesting, the right call, but interesting in the sense that there are guys who have been in college for five or six, you know, five or six years that potentially could be in there for even longer. And you mentioned deflections. My thing was, are there guys who maybe football isn't the most important thing in their career who just are ready to move on with the next part of their life, especially with the it, concerns that- of the virus? that could be and so you know that that's going to be their decision to make and it, it, you know, maybe they have grad school in mind and this could be a, a good way to pay for that you know or, or whatever the case may be but the other thing to think about and i've been trying to think about this a little bit is that 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 whole process and, and those kinds of uh you know unintended consequences are going to affect everybody like every college at least in our conference and so I just, I, I keep trying to think of this as one giant reboot. You know, it's it's going to have deep and lasting impacts in college football. You know, and and really in our in our economy and and globally. You know, the economy and and the way we the way we do things. It's it's going to be one of those things where you know, 10, 20 years from now, we might look back and say that was awful, and here's how it changed the world. You know, there's going to be things that we take away from this year. Uh, that that probably remains some positive and some negative, um, but as far as football is concerned, uh, there there's it's definitely going to be like a you know time restarts and that would be like AC you know after Corona or something like that <laughs> year five after coronavirus you know right I, I think and it's be like a seismic shift if you will yeah and I think I think that's kind of uh, we've you know we've kind of started to see some of that kind of come together but as you kind of look at the 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 beavers and you know just the team itself it's going to be interesting just to kind of see like you said the deflections if any happen you know we've we've seen you know a pretty steady stoic response you know kind of from the team throughout this but it's early in the process my right. thing is that you know I'd also be remiss if you know as we were also talking about it earlier you know I also think there is there's something to the fact that um I mean, as you mentioned, how things could ramifications change, you know, obviously it was the medical concerns, but the fact that the Pac-12 as a conference had no way to, you know, in any sort of, you know, reasonable way respond to the um, Pac-12 kind of united boycott that the major players were coming together, that immediately, when, when you know, when that happened, I was like, they're cooked. I mean, you know, and then you saw the We Are United work its way across, you know, uh, Power Five. But again, when you have, you know, leaders of your conference and you're talking, you know, Jaden Grant, you know, one of the, you know, most respectable guys on Oregon State roster, you know, him coming out and, um, you know, saying, you know, that he felt that they weren't taking the safety precautions serious enough. And then you, you know, get a quote from uh, Larry the Commish, um, who pretty much, you know, downplayed the concerns i I think the pac-12 kind of backed themselves into a corner in more ways than one and and you know i just i don't want to get too far into it but i just felt remiss if i didn't bring that up as you mentioned just the changes because college athletics could be completely different as a result of this i think they're gonna be i think the way we operate as a society is gonna be i think 
there's going to be a lot more uh, you know, working from home, uh, using digital, everything. Uh, I just, you know, I think we're going to be a little less connected to each other, but maybe uh, a little more connected to technology. And I, and I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, might be a little too brave new worldish for some people, uh, but I, I just, but I do hope that there's, you know, I, I, like I said earlier, a normalcy that comes back to like college life because you know that that was a special time and I you know online classes wouldn't work for a guy like me and wearing a mask really sucks and so I just you know I just I think like everybody else I want this over and I want to keep the positives and uh, do away with the, the negative aspect of you know what we've had to deal with and it's that sounds kind of trite but um, yeah and it, no and, you know on a on a kind of selfish trivial you know vein here it sucks that because this year um osu is going to have like one of those seasons i i really felt like this was going to be like maybe a nine and three season and i was like pretty excited about it seven home games it's like this is awesome and it's just what a shitty year for the team sorry what a what a what terrible timing no you never i mean know, this man. is you never know no i I'm with you, Beef. I mean, you know, we, you know, and, and Jared, you can kind of see because you've been around now and seen kind of the development of the guys that Jonathan Smith has brought on the recruiting trail and the transfer portal. All signs, and again, I would say this right now, all signs pointed to Oregon State at least getting bowl eligible this year. Oh, I, they had them, have, I had them at nine and three. And, you know, you, you may remember, guys on the board will remember, I don't like to count wins, but. This year, I was like, screw it. It's the offseason. Look at the schedule. Like, nine and three. Sure. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they, they returned some pieces. And as I said, you know, in spring, right before, you know, everything kind of came together, I said, offensive line, it needed to come mm-hmm. together, needed to get some experience. You know, we, we needed to see what we can get out of Tristan, you know, for 12 games. But I remember even telling Jared, shooting him, to, shooting him a text in early March and being like, this defense – is looking nice, and that defense was looking nice in spring early on. And you know, you saw, um, you know, a guy that I got to see just for uh, two days, uh, seeing uh, Tavis Shippen on the defensive line. Even he, like, just a guy that right away just kind of um, stood out to me. And you know, some of the other um, developments, uh, seeing the inside linebacker, seeing the new DBs, Alton Julian. I mean, it was looking good, and that's where I think that kind of. That, that loop back around of, you know, the year um, is certainly, it's frustrating. And, you know, and, and like you said, with the experience, you know, uh, I got two younger brothers that, you know, I'd like to see, you know, hopefully uh, either go to Oregon State or somewhere like that. And I'd love for them to have the, you know, the college experience in the future. And I'm sure, you know, for if you wanted your two daughters to go to college beef, you'd want them to have, you know, the experience. And I think that's where, you know, not yeah. forgetting that college is part of the experience. You're a student athlete. You're living in that community. Um, as far as looking ahead to the future, I hope that doesn't get lost. I really do. And then what, what happens to this, this year's schedule? Like, let's just say worst case scenario, you know, everything gets canceled. The whole, the whole season gets canceled. So 2021 rolls around. We just forget about the 2020 season. So we miss out on a home civil war. Yeah, I said it. Civil war. I mean, that's that's kind of I don't know. That that's just another casualty, right? Then we have to yeah lose out on an opportunity for a home upset and play down there, you know, and just so many so many bad. Things. Yeah, that's I've actually an interesting. Some, that's an interesting point because. Go ahead, Jared. No, 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 I was just going to say, I've seen some athletic directors at, at various schools touch on that um, because those concerns are real. And uh, there's a lot of schools that will be, you know, potentially missing out on the opportunity to play a rivalry game at home. Yeah. Um, so that that's another thing that's just going to have to be figured out for sure. And, you know, yeah. at the same time, I really had no interest in a week four game against the Ducks. That's just, <laughs> I think I remember. I think I remember reading that on the board. I think you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I I'm telling you guys, I have literally had nightmares about this sort of scenario. Yeah, I I had a nightmare that we played them in week one, and you know, if we lose to them, I don't give a, I don't care about the rest of the season. Like we could beat 
UCLA and Cal, and if we lose to the Ducks, I just I don't care anymore. Like I just I'm so bitter. So I just I don't know if I can deal with that. You know, like the way Colorado, Colorado State do it. You know, playing the first game, they're in a different conference. It's not as bitter. I get it, but I just I can't deal with that. And I remember I even talked to Bob DeCarolis, our, our former AD, about that. Bobby B. Bob some, Builder. There he is. Yeah, yeah. I ran into him at you know some alumni function. I don't remember where we, where we were, and I was just telling him, "Can't let this happen." I think it was uh, during the Pac-10, Pac-12 merger. There was talks about different ways to you know divide it into the two uh, divisions of the conference and what that implications might mean as far as timing of games. I'm like, whatever you do, Bob, you know, Civil War has to be the last game. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a real, it's a real anxiety for me. <laughs> so I did not like seeing it in week four, but, uh, yeah. Spoken I, like a true Beaver fan, Jared. I mean, could you, could you have it any other way? I love hearing that. I mean, honestly, no, like, I, I don't know that I've ever gone to a bowl game in years that we've lost to the Ducks. And yeah, once once that game's over, if if we lose, like I just I stop watching college football, honestly, for the rest of the year. Like maybe I might maybe catch a, you know a bowl game with a Pac-12 team that I might want to watch, but I just I'm I'm just disgusted. So so I have to the ask you guys. The good news is with it with it being in in conference rivalry is that. It still will be played because there are a lot of schools that you know are are having to chalk their rivalry for a whole year. Uh, yeah, you know, I've covered Georgia Tech in the past. They have not played the University of Georgia since 1924, and uh, that this year that will come to an end. So it 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 definitely sucks, regardless. But you know the yeah. game is still being played, and I completely get what you're saying because I mean that game if it was at the end of the season because you have to think there probably won't be like bowl games or anything like that so just imagine if they yes. were to put that game at the end of the season that would be like the freaking national championship for a lot of these schools yep 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 uh what and, were you gonna and, ask for? oh yeah no i was i was just curious because you kind of you know mentioned it a little bit we've had i, I can't remember jared if it was uh hard rock or if it was a tie on last week that said you know we could go one and eleven as I say, we Oregon State, and if that one win is against Oregon, that's good enough for me. How do where do you stand on that? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that it, I don't know that that's good enough for me. One and eleven, but but I would I would trade a couple wins. I don't know how many wins I would trade, you know, for a, a win against them. But just in your uh, yeah, magnitude, there's be a line. does that does that game just eclipse all for you as a Beaver fan? Yes, no, it's definitely a. It's completely different. Uh, the atmosphere is different. Um, I won't take my children to that game until they're at a certain age. Um, and it's just, it's amped up. It's it's just a, you know, the intensity level is probably five times that of another game. Um, and, I, and I remember when, you know, here's the thing. When I went to school there in particular, like, yeah, it's intense. Yeah, it's a rivalry game. It's also really fun. Like even just as a student there, like you always have some buddies that end up going to U of O, and you know, the, and the Duck fans kind of invade the night before the game, and just they're at your parties and people you have, might maybe haven't seen in a while. It's it's a it's a pretty rough or bitter rivalry. It's also a fun rivalry. You know, I I have Duck friends, and um, you know, I it's it's pretty fun to engage in that kind of stuff you know that the rivalry stuff with them you know i i i kind of know like maybe the the only 10 people that actually graduated from U of O, and so they're pretty good people <laughs> i see the jab in there i hear it a little backhanded but yeah <laughs> no i, I don't know like, they like their own fan base anymore to be honest with you jared I mean, they've got so many front runners now. And, you know, when, when you buy a program, you, that's what you get. You get fake fans. And, you know, they go to Fred Meyer. They buy themselves a U of O baseball cap. They put it on and, yeah, I'm a duck. So, Listen, all right. man, I can't relate anymore to you. Trust me. I've grown up rooting for the complete opposite team of about 90% of where I live. So I, I couldn't be more on board with you as far as that goes. Yeah. Well, I know how it is because my brother's one of them. It's like, man, you've been on campus once. 
and your whole life, and you're like, ducks this and ducks that. Here's the poetic justice for him, though. His daughter, who just graduated from high school, being my niece, is going to Oregon State. Finally, yeah. so he finally gets it. He finally gets the reason, huh? <laughs> Oh, no. I said, it's, you know, it's interesting because, you know, uh, growing up, you know, here, um, you know, U of O is, you know, by far, you know, the better school for wanting to get into the business that I'm currently in. But it didn't, it didn't occur to me, you know, I mean, a little bit. But, you know, when I was, it was, you know, clear for me from my situation that going to an in-state school was going to be what was most advantageous for me. And, you know, like I said, you know, the, the situation Oregon State was great because hardly anyone, uh, you know, goes there that wants to get into kind of sports broadcasting, that kind of thing. And I was able to kind of slide in and, you know, kind of create my own path. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's, an, that's an interesting, uh, interesting perspective nonetheless. Right. But uh, before we wrap up. This podcast. Because uh, oh, we get ahead, a ton Jim. of interesting perspectives like that, you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, just kind of uh, before we wrap it up, fellas, uh, I just kind of want to uh, beef, kind of just get your uh, parting words of wisdom. And, uh, yeah, just uh, kind of touch base uh, before Jared and I uh, kind of give you guys the preview of what's going to be coming up at Beaver's Edge. Well, I don't know how much wisdom I can impart, but, uh, you know, I think, I think we should all just take this time to kind of, you know, do other thing, things during the fall that we couldn't otherwise do. And I, I'm certainly trying to take advantage of that. You know, if the weather can stay nice for another four to six weeks. I can just kind of get outside a little bit more uh, and just, you know, maybe just, I don't know, just enjoy not having to go through the rigors of a, a football season this fall. Look forward to it in January. I hope that that's, that's what goes down and um you know find some things that you can do at home and that you wouldn't have otherwise done like for example uh we got a puppy in may and since we're all at home it's like oh we can really spend time you know teaching this dog how to be with humans and i can't really imagine if my kids were in school and you know my wife was she as a teacher too she'd be gone i'd be working in the office i I don't know what this dog would do. So, you know, th- there's probably some silver linings we can do, find and uh, ways to take advantage of this situation. So I think if, it, if there is something wise I could say is that we should try and do that. And uh, just, that's beautifully you know, just said. keep your head. What was that? I was just saying that's beautifully said. I, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Kind of the same thing we were saying with the, with the football season uh, in that whole scenario, it's the same thing just on a, obviously a lot bigger of a scale you just got to find the positives and and attack those and and take advantage of them as if you would uh anything else right control what you can go ahead brendan oh and and last but uh last but not least uh we kind of ask every single uh podcast guest that's uh, on edge to kind of tell the general public uh why um just why why you'd want to join beaver's edge just kind of uh why you why you join beaver's edge what it's worth it for you yeah, for me, mostly it's uh, inside information that I can't get, you know, just uh, myself or from general media. You, you guys, uh, you know, have inside sources and can gather intel that uh, other people can't. And so I, I like to take advantage of that. Uh, and then, of course, just the the, the community and just uh, the, the friends I've made, you know, uh, from, you know, from the message board and then yeah, that we've gone on to uh meet in person and kind of become friends and and uh or not some people just uh, their digital presence but you know being able to just exchange ideas and banter on the message board to me that's that's pretty special and that's um that's why i've been a member for all these years me personally i always just go to beaver's edge just to check out what jared hallis has got you know his his feed's coming in fire No, but I, in, I in all, I'm sorry, said again, Jared. I was just saying I don't, I don't deserve the gas. We all, we all carry our load around here. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, I think if anything, it's Beef deserves the gas, man. I mean, Beef City comes to check us out. I almost go to the board to see what Beef's all about. I mean, oh, it's I'm almost in reverse. Step it up a notch, then. It's no, almost that's the in most reverse. Part. 
for sure. There's nothing like posting a story or even just posting like a Twitter clip or something and just seeing the board respond to it and have, you know, feedback and, and communicate with each other and have that stem off into other various conversations. There's nothing more rewarding than that. I think you can agree with that. Oh, certainly. I mean, it's, it's cool. I mean, when we, you know, there's some stories that I, I won't lie that I've written, I'll be like, Oh, I wonder how, you know, this subscriber, this subscriber is going to feel about this. And, you know, kind of seeing the reaction, you know, particularly for me, I enjoy, you know, it was kind of uh, shot down in flames this year a little bit. But that's why I usually like the the top 25 each year so much is that, you know, it really kind of starts a good conversation and a good back and forth kind of with where those players are ranked. But uh, beef, like I said, basically just to kind of wrap this up, we appreciate you a lot. And uh, uh, really appreciate uh, you jumping on the Edge podcast. Uh, another successful one. Jared, is this, let's see, so let's get down our list now. Is Beef number five or number six, not including Mike? Uh, that's a good question. I, I truly don't have a count, if I'm being 100% honest with you. But just uh, while we're talking about guests, you guys can expect, expect some some more special guests coming here soon. We've, we've, uh, we've definitely reached into our creativity basket uh, as, as things have kind of become uh, a little bit different for us. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy the, uh, the things we have coming up. Right. Yeah, sir. Certainly. We've got uh, a lot of new ideas in the pipeline and, you know, Jared and I, this last uh, two weeks since the news, we've already seen a couple different style of articles come out and we're going to try to podcast as much as we can with you guys. So again, beef was on this podcast. We've had hard rock. We've had Jay post. Naz Reitz, uh, Ty Boyce, Mike Singer. I don't want to feel like I'm forgetting anybody, Jared, but I, I might be if I am. Uh, don't uh, don't hate no, me, but uh, I, I think I got everyone. And now Beef again, and and I have to say, Beef, we uh, you you brought it. I mean, you kind of messaged us, and we're like, I'm not sure what I'll bring to the table, but uh, we appreciate uh, it, you were fantastic, my man. Oh, thanks. Hey, I enjoyed it. Thank, thanks for having me on. Well, that'll uh, wrap up this edition of the Edge podcast for OSU Beef and Jared Hallis. This is Brendan Slaughter signing off on this edition. Make sure to keep it locked at beaversedge.com for all the latest Oregon State news and analysis. Go Beavs.